0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. After a brief hiatus, which seems to have been a bit of a theme these past two seasons, I am back with an episode chatting to a longtime coach of mine, Ray Dodd. Ray is a money coach who helps those who have traditionally been excluded from making money to make life-changing amounts of money, all without compromising who they are. Ray is a money coach with a difference, though. You won't hear, just think good thoughts and watch the money come rolling in from her. Ray believes that money, business and intersectional feminism are inextricably linked. Wow, I've struggled with those words so much whilst recording this intro. Um, linked and that there's a lot more to making money than just trying to manifest it.
1: To have somebody come along and go you know what, I'm. these are my boundaries with this because of these situations. Um, Like, for example, so with ADHD, for example, it might be like, you know what, I'm probably going to forget a few things. So this is what I put in place, but I just want you to know that sometimes that can happen. Like, that's going to be, a, either it's going to be an education for that person or it's going to be a permission giving thing for yeah. them. And so we kind of, by honouring ourselves, we give other people the permission to honour themselves. hmm and we also teach that brain of ours that we that money is not a reward for perfection.
0: I wanted to bring the subject of money to the podcast because I know that it is something that can feel really sticky for us chronic illness folk. Now, I'm not just talking about the very silent, shame-filled reality that so many, including me at points, have had to experience when stepping away from work, and therefore money-making, in the traditional sense anyway, due to chronic illness. I'm also referring to the link between self-worth and self-belief, and money and money-making, which Ray is a wonder mind on. Because when our sense of self or self-concept is low, we can fall into the pattern of assigning a lower monetary value to what we have to offer the world in terms of our expertise, our skills, and our lived experience. Now, there is loads more we talk about, and I would love to summarise it all, but I will leave that to the actual episode. I know you're going to love it. One more thing, before we get going, the doors to your chronic illness ally open this week. I only open them around about three times per year and this is the first of 2023. If you are a newer listener, Your Chronic Illness Ally is my flagship programme. It's a supportive, nurturing and nourishing home for chronic illness folk to make peace with their chronic illness and tap into the intelligence that it is communicating. I will leave a link in the show notes or you can head over to alanaholloway.com to find out more. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway. The place where you get to see your chronic illness in a different light, where you get to call on its wisdom and intelligence to help you feel how you want to feel, be how you want to be and live how you want to live. Where all of who you are is embraced and celebrated chronic illness included. I am so happy that you're here. I would love to talk about how the status quo of chronic illness, which often leads to us wanting to place more and be more and more invisible, impacts the way we feel about money, the way we feel about making money and holding it.
1: I mean, there is so much, there is so much. Can you kind of give me what you would define as the status quo of it? like what you would be yeah. meaning by that
0: so what I often talk about is this kind of fix reject fight resist narrative and yeah. that's kind of the yeah. general message that surrounds uh, chronic illness and what that yes I mean chronic illness is obviously a part of us right so yeah. if we're trying to do that to a part of us yeah we end up not liking ourselves we end up not valuing ourselves and that is like food for making us want to just like go behind the curtains and mm. and not be seen
1: yeah yeah I love that definition of it as well those three things and I think like you say it's and I don't have a chronic illness so I'm kind of aware in that as I talk about it I do get very regular migraines so that Mm -hmm. I think that's the closest I can kind of relate to it on and I guess your listeners and you will know better than me but I know with lots of stuff and I'm sure this is true with not all but some chronic illnesses that resisting piece often perpetuates the thing Mm-hmm. right like yeah. a lack of acceptance that, of what your body needs exactly. which is resistance um can make the whole thing worse so for example if I the beginning of a headache and then I do do this so I'm not <laughs> preaching that I don't but if I sort of go oh I'm not going to take any tablets I'm not going to put my glasses on I'm going to keep working I am setting myself up potentially for days of headache rather than and half an hour maybe an hour maybe more but like I'm really not giving myself what I need mm-hmm and i think that in lots of this is like a a two pronged thing like there's all the conditioning you've just described around chronic illness and health and and how that relates to productivity mm-hmm. and how it relates to doing and doing and doing and what it means about our worth when we aren't doing and then we add into that that we believe that doing and working hard is what creates money mm. And I think that's really hard for people with chronic illnesses as well. Like That's a hard spot to be in because the societal message is you have to work hard to make money and we all need money to survive. And for a lot of people with chronic illnesses, it is impacting their ability to earn in maybe the ways they always have. It yeah. might be, I'm sure you have people that are, are employed traditionally, but also a lot of people move into the like um, self-employed space Who have chronic illnesses because it doesn't work, yeah, in those traditional spaces, and I, so I think that so there's a lot in there. There's the like very having of a chronic illness and what that Mm -hmm. means for your productivity and what you therefore believe. And I'm going to say believe purposefully, not because I believe you can think yourself out of the chronic illness and earn money, but because I think that there are much more. We can get so much more creative with what working and money making looks like than we often imagine we can. Yes. So I would say there's that aspect. And there's also, like you described, the resistance to parts of ourself, which is very prevalent in chronic illness, in neurodiversity, in all sorts of things, actually. Like it comes up, that resistance, you know, in lesser and greater ways, which I would argue is a big thing holding lots of people back from making more money. Agreed like I've really like and obviously it's it's very clear I think in chronic illness I think it is anyway do you think it will be to everyone else right yeah like I would imagine people would see that and go yeah because all the time I resist what I need in those moments all the time and this is tricky isn't it because everyone needs hope in these things but there isn't there is an element of accepting
0: where we are absolutely and I yeah I think like that that's where sometimes the message of like acceptance. I I got really confused with it because yeah. I really understood acceptance before I kind of went on this whole thing with it, mm. as like I just have to make do with where mm-hmm. I am now.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and I can't hope for anything. But actually yeah. what I discovered is that I can have both. I can like yes. I can say, do you know what? I lo- I will love myself as I am now, but also. I, I still love that desire inside me because the desire is part of, of who I am as well, right? Yeah. So I need to accept all of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's the difference between, there's a thing like, oh, I can accept that I'm broken or I can accept that I was never broken in the first place. Yes. And those are two very different things. Like one of them is, it's not passive. I mean, the first one is hor- like, so hard and not, you know, and there might be parts, like not, not that someone's broken at all but there might be acceptance of, you know what? I don't think that's possible for me. I don't mm-hmm. think that way of doing it is is something I am going to be able to do. But that for me then opens the door up to creativity because then it can be like, well, what can I do? Like there is a, so a good example is I know a number of coaches with chronic health stuff use Voxer, which is a walkie talkie app in case anyone doesn't know, which means you don't have to be on a call switched on for 60 minutes at a certain part of the day maybe their what's going on for them means that they can't predict day to day Mm -hmm. where their energy is going to be like so the idea of always being switched on on thursday at 10 a.m for a client is not doable but what they'll do is they do voxer and that's the whole package and that means that their client might have some stuff going on of their own because I have to say like so many of my clients have got chronic health things like Mm -hmm. so like they're either going to be neurodiverse have a chronic illness or both like really (laughs) like it's just like so many of us and so I think that often that's great for the client as well that you end up attracting the people that need that so there's if we are constantly so I guess in the like push through kind of that capitalist paradigm that you're kind of describing of like I can't I've got to keep going and going and going and he, and make myself better kind of thing. Yeah, we would go. Oh, I've got to have these calls on Thursdays at ten a.m. and I've got to be there and I can't be there and and like the stress of it, the worry of it, the guilt when you then do have to cancel. Oh, all plays into it, and obviously that, that then plays into or impedes your ability to go out and boldly sell it as if as if the thing is really great value, which it it is but because you've got all those all of that other stuff swirling around it
0: yeah yeah all the feelings you're attached Mm -hmm. I'd love to go back and talk about this um kind of movement that happens from employment to self-employment from you know Mm -hmm. traditional employment and how a lot of the time when people do initially make that move they are probably at a place where their self sense of self-worth and their value you know, mm. sense of self-value is so low because they believe I've not my health has stopped me from working in this environment rather yeah. than that environment was not conducive to making me feel great, right? Um yeah. but that can then um translate into a the idea that we have to work 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 all the time because yeah. hard work e- equals money or B yes. I don't value my stuff enough I don't value my you know the my product my service whatever it may be so I'll charge really low for it which then obviously feeds into having to work loads right and then we get these times when we might not be able to work you know I spent a whole six months in the first lockdown in Mm. bed unable to work Mm. um but actually we're still able to find ways to make money um because Mm. I'd done some of that work um and yeah, but how can we kind of unpack that? How can we un- realize that that's what we're doing when we do perhaps make that transfer? So I think the first
1: step is just being open and curious about it, but also not beating yourself up if those if you found yourself in that. And I'm going to call it a trap because I think mm-hmm. it is a trap. Yeah. Um. So that knowing that the conditioning that you have received from the beginning of time has been. The place that you're acting from now so that feeling of um like you know the way you said that you're like people often have their self-worth is low because they feel like they couldn't um fit into the the what's the word like the golden standard of how we're all meant to be like yeah. they're the like we said they're the broken one not the system <laughs> whereas like traditional working environments don't work for a lot of people they don't work for people with certain um tension spans even yeah like it's it's you know so to put into that chronic health conditions like of course it hasn't worked and it has nothing to do with you but equally we do live in a society where um we and I think particularly women but not exclusively women shoulder the blame for a lot of this stuff we're very eager to be like find out where it was our fault and where we can kind of like you know like give ourselves a battering of our (laughs) self-worth So it makes sense that people charge low as well because they've been made to feel less. They've been made to feel like their contribution is less because they couldn't show up in these very standard ways. So of course that's going to show up. I, and I think you've heard me say this so many times, I very much believe that if your energy is rare, if you are somebody who has, and your chronic health, your condition impacts your ability to have I mean, I have to say, like I said, I don't have a chronic health condition and I look at the energy of some people and I don't understand. Right. Like, why, how? How do we do this? What are you eating? What's happening? You <laughs> have to be able like, how much do you sleep? Because it doesn't seem like a lot. I don't think we're the same. i so, like, think
0: lie. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I think as well. I mean, I I, I do not have the energy for a full work day. I don't. No. Too much. No. So, yeah. So I think if your energy is rare, and I'm going to call it rare, why do we think that makes it worth less? Anything else in the world, when it's rare, it's more expensive. Mm. So if I know Alana Holloway is not is only available four months of the year, maybe she's only got like her best and by best energy I mean, you know, where you really feel sparkly and you're like doing your best work. Maybe that only shows up, and let's be clear, again, without chronic we are not always in that energy anyway but we don't have that extra layer of stuff to make us question it. Like yes. I don't go, oh, I'm, I'm a bit tired on some days. Maybe I shouldn't do it because I don't have a diagnosis in that space that then becomes like, I was going to say almost internalized ableism, but it is in, internalized ableism. And so I would say it makes what you offer your energy precious and it should be more expensive.
0: And that. That would be
1: my view because you, and I genuinely, I have said that for years and I 100% mean it, because it means that people don't get to access your brilliance as frequently. And I don't just mean you're most switched on energy. I literally mean, you know, your work, what you do. Mm. And yes, if you were booked up with clients and it was rare, you'd go, I should be charging certain amounts. But what's the difference? It's still hard, harder to get to work with you. It means you can't work as much. And so you need to be compensated for the time yeah I don't particularly and someone might argue with me and I'll be like yeah good point but I don't think so I just think we have a society that thinks about like that glorifies the quote unquote healthy bodied people which means looking a certain way yeah and says that that's the
0: only thing that's valuable and it isn't it my mind's a bit (laughs) blown but but it's so true it is so true so how can we how can we believe that like the form I'm going to go back to that four months a year kind of analogy Mm. because I think I think over time I've so I'm really um trying to work in a way but also um communicate with my community in a way that is what I call chronic illness informed, right? So it's not this idea that it's like governed by my chronic illness, but it's yeah. it's um an underlying kind of theme, you know, how can this be more um nourishing to me? How can this be, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um and that has looked like uh, perhaps doing a longer launch. That's looked like opening the doors to a program less often. And for that you know uh, I think yeah tuning into that brilliance so I think that's my question is like Mm. how do we I want to also talk about the creativity piece that you put that you've mentioned earlier so how do we tune into that brilliance and create from that place like um and then put value to it so I think there's going to be a number of
1: parts to that and it's going to totally depend on the individual I'd say therapy yes for start like And I know that that's not something everyone's got access to, but um, definitely a place. And I I imagine that some support groups as well, depending on what you've got going on, could be a good space for that if individual therapy is either not um, available to you or or not particularly something that you like the idea of. But I think spaces where where we're able to untangle those those internalised, that internalised conditioning and beliefs. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of... um, there's the whole body positivity movement, but there's also the body neutrality movement, which is the idea, not that, you know, every single, not that my stretch marks are beautiful, but they're just stretch marks because I don't have to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like my value is not based on how beautiful every single part of me is. I'm just a valid human on my own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for me, I love that because I think it also is, is it it stretches out into more spaces so in terms of like, someone might look at their chronic health condition and be like, "Trust me, this shit is." Oh my God, to swear, Alana.
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay.
1: This shit is not beautiful. This is not a beautiful experience. This is actually like, going to be many unpleasant things about it. But it it's learning, and this is a process and takes time. That that and again, I want to really acknowledge that this is not the message that people would have received from society that that does not make you any less than anybody else and even though on paper we might go yeah yeah yeah, I get that when the constant the constant message is the opposite Mm. particularly I think people with disabilities and chronic health the way that they are still spoken about in yeah is really appalling it's still not like not (laughs) not that it's all great for like racism or misogyny and I had to block something from Netflix today for my two kids because it was a children's TV sitcom and it was so sexist and racist. Joking. What? A it was stereotypes. One. Yeah, from
0: 2015. Oh
1: my God. And I was like, these are like objectifying nine-year-old girls. Like... It was, uh, it was, and then I looked it up and I was like, no, everyone else thinks this too. Not that I needed their permission, but I was like, how do I block things on that? Am Netflix? I the only
0: one that has noticed this? Yeah,
1: I'm like, like... this like a super feminist killjoy mom. And then I tried to explain to the boys about <laughs> stereotypes and stuff and was like, okay, this is not going well. I'll buy some books. But, um, <laughs> but what they, those internalized things, which are like these messages constantly that say you're less valuable. You are less valuable and I think it's really important to acknowledge this all very well me me sat here saying this stuff and I'd encourage people to like if this podcast helps or like coming to Alana's podcast and almost getting these like, like almost mini pep talks in a way of yeah. like somewhere you can put your head that you actually know is the truth, because that is the case. The truth lies in spaces where you are treated as exactly as valid as anybody else. That's the truth. But equally, we don't walk around in a society that reflects the truth in many different ways. So I think there's making space for that, that it it is not, I would always call it a one and done. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, Ray said this positive thing on on a podcast and now I just charge loads of money and it's all absolutely fine because it's recognising that this is layers and layers and layers of things people have said and systems that are set up in certain ways. And all also, even the fact that the workday is nine to five, mm. like, like not everybody works in that. I'm done by three. I think school conditioning really got me. But three o'clock, <laughs> I'm like, are we done? I think we're done now. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: So there's that aspect, the support to treat this as, like I think of it as a, you've been brainwashed into believing you're not as valid as other people so this is like positive brainwashing yes and it takes persistency consistency constantly kind of like it's going to be a meandering path um I describe it when we talk about worth in my work as like the moon like you can't always see the moon but the truth of the moon is the whole moon's there When we see just a slither of it, we don't go, I don't know where the rest of the moon is. I don't think it exists anymore. Mm -hmm. With our worth, we tend to treat it like it's this thing that ebbs and flows. It doesn't. Like we are all worth the same amount. But again, society's society's there going, I don't think the moon exists anymore, actually. It's gone. And so we reflect that. We Mm -hmm. tend to find ourselves going, oh, God, I can't see it. So it's not here anymore. I can't feel it. So it doesn't exist. Whereas actually it's always there. And I, for myself and my clients, I'm always like, what is the truth of your worth, even though you can't feel it right now? yeah. And we want to run our businesses from that spot, even so that we're not always making. And I'm very pro feelings and emotions in business, but we don't always want to make every decision from an emotional standpoint, because our emotions change all the time. Mm i don't know about you but i can think i'm the best thing ever and 10 seconds later the worst thing ever
0: yeah
1: it's fast so that and i think as you work on that you find yourself able to be more creative because you realize that it's all bloody made up anyway (laughs) someone decided at some point that nine to five was what worked industrial revolution i think but it doesn't have to and I think a lot of people, um I don't think you said this earlier. I thought you were going to, but I think a lot of people also start to follow the old um, they they move from their old work. Yeah. But then they become like the worst boss they've ever had. You yes. stay at their desk and sit in uncomfortable chairs. And it like it's amazing like when clients realize they're like, oh, I can work from my bed.
0: Yeah. Sure you can. I actually work from my sofa all right. the time. Exactly. Yeah. I would, to
1: be honest, if there wasn't other people in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever there's no one here, I'm like sofa, sofa.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, so it's like these little rules that we don't realise we're we're kind of adhering to that we don't need to. That actually, like, I still find little rules that I'm obeying seven years mm. into this. So it, again, it's not to like beat yourself up about it, but it's just to know, like, you have absolute freedom in this. Your workday can look like anything, and we are so lucky. I don't think this has always been true. Because we now have all these technologies. Like I described Voxer. We didn't have that um, eight years ago, maybe. Maybe. I think it's been around as long as I've been coaching. I think, mm-hmm. but maybe it hasn't. So let's say five, six years ago, there might not been the option to have voice notes and that's your coaching. Like, so there's so many opportunities to do these things differently, but it takes moving out of your conditioning which takes knowing that you are worth leaving your conditioning and that you're allowed to and that, that doesn't hold your worth. So there's, like, layers to it.
0: Yeah, and, and like, quite um, important steps, I think, mm. because I think, um, you know, we can come to the place of doing, creating our work day, you know, how we want, yeah. but if that worth stuff hasn't been kind of looked at, Yes. it's going to come up and you're all of a sudden going to be like, oh, you know, a yeah. bit paralysed or whatever yeah. um, and from that place, you know, of of creating your work day however you want it to, mm. um, however it feels good, creating the offers that make you feel great and that you have, are so mm. passionate about that then leads into the possibility of more money, of plenty, you know of, Yes, yes. Um, and I think that also kind of comes into something that I know you've been talking a lot about recently and that's bringing your whole self to the ways you make money, not yeah. believing you have to be any kind of, and I, you know, I know we've kind of talked about this already, but just not believing you have to be any kind of way to mm. make money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think this is a really like, let's use an example because we obviously talked about chronic illness today. Like, can you and I actually? You might have an answer to this, but who were the people with chronic health conditions that you knew of who were wealthy growing up?
0: Oh, like zero. Because even if they did, it would have been hidden, right? It would have been hidden exactly. So
1: it's this thing of like where we see people seemingly, and also, I mean, and it's also on top of like not people who are not able-bodied. We. Or who have, haven't got chronic health, health conditions. But we also see people like who have teams but don't acknowledge they've got teams. Yeah. So like I saw someone a while ago, I nearly, my head nearly exploded. They were like, they did this big announcement about how they were going to continue running their business, but they weren't going to be on social media anymore. And then their team carried on posting for them on social media. So they were like, you know, I'm stepping away and I'm taking this bold move and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, but you're, this makes no difference other than you're relinquishing some control. But the idea that you're stepping away from social media when what you mean is you're handing over your social media to your team. Mm -hmm. Like some people really are like, I really don't want to be on social media for my mental health or just for my energy levels. It's just an extra thing to do. It's me. But (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's, do you know what I mean? It's just this like weird thing of like, what, what are you, what do you mean by that? Like, why are you saying that? yeah so, yeah, can you remember can you remember what the question was
0: um it was bringing <laughs> bringing your whole <laughs> self to making money and not hiding the yeah. fact that, you know, what might be going on is going on, yeah. so and I think when it comes to like, I would
1: describe like acknowledging, and this is this is slightly sticky because I think we do we live in a society that's perpetuating a number of myths um around how well people's energy is going so like you said we might like did we know anyone any wealthy people with chronic illnesses well if we did we didn't know so there was no visual representation it doesn't become you know certainly um i'm 40 from my age when i still think of a wealthy woman i'm thinking about like dynasty i'm thinking about like (laughs) women in the 80s who were divorcees and that's how they had their money
0: Mm, like that is mm. still
1: what i think of when i speak to people who are younger than me? They'll say people like I mean less so now because J.K. Rowling's having her moment, but like J.K. Rowling or um you know other people that they have seen some examples of wealthy women or or wealthy people that represent them, but because we don't people aren't completely honest a lot of the time with these other aspects of their life, it means that we are not getting a full picture of what's going on. And not that we are owed the full picture, but there's an element of just representation. And so I think part of this is being committed to sharing some of the power. So for me, that looks like, for example, I will say to clients, particularly one-to-one clients, um, I get migraines quite frequently. So from time to time, I might have to cancel a call last minute. And I just want you to know that. Or my dad is very sick at the moment. And so I will sometimes say, like I've said to my clients, um, my group clients, and again, my one to one clients, I might have to drop things quite last minute, because of what's going on. And I think that the tendency because of what we've been conditioned to always be professional,
0: and Profic- look like we've
1: got it all together. Mm-hmm. And in, in my courses, we call it toxic professionalism. So what I could have done with what's going on with my dad is just be like oh my god well how do i hide this from people how do i make it seem like i'm always able to be here I see it with parents a lot particularly mums when they've got babies like hiding the ba- like being like well i can't bring the baby on a call like how do i act like i don't actually have children here
0: yeah
1: and it's super stressful so i would say that we kind of break down some of those power structures by saying to clients saying to whoever we need to say hey Sometimes my energy is like this. And sometimes I'm going to have flare ups of, and you don't have to give away anything you don't want to, but I think you can do it in ways that are like, I just want you to know that this could happen and trust the client or customer or whoever it is to go, hmm, I'm not all right with that. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you
0: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue.
1: Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post.
1: Fine. They can go away. We don't want them anyway. Or the vast majority especially if you're doing your marketing in a way that like calls in your sort of people are going to go, oh, totally fine. Of course, I wouldn't want you on a call if you're feeling X, Y, Z or I wouldn't want you working for doing something if you're struggling with something. And so those kind of like that sharing of power, again, kind of fuels that creativity because we start to be given permission Mm -hmm. by ourselves actually. And by trusting that the people around us if they are for us and this is again the joy of creating your own business because you get to create your own audience for that business i'm not saying every single person is going to be like great particularly if you're in corporate spaces but when you get to create your own audience like i wouldn't bat an eyelid if someone told me that was the case if i was signing up with a coach or something i'd be like oh okay fine
0: yeah (laughs) and almost few yeah right yep exactly When I first started, um, it was in my last business, actually, and Instagram stories first became a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, My eczema was extremely visible on my face Mm -hmm. and I often looked, you know, I was poorly with it, but I looked poorly with it, right? Yeah. And that really stopped me from talking on stories and from, um, which in that time was a really um, big part of the way I would market my product. Yeah. Yeah. especially because it was in the health industry and I was like people aren't going to trust me if they see I'm ill you know mm-hmm. and it and it's that idea of like she's not got it she's not got it together, she's not got it under control or whatever you know bullshit but it, it, yeah the trust yeah I think is such a big thing but actually people probably trust you more when you're upfront and honest right I think so I think
1: particularly now, we've seen it we've seen so frequently it come out that it's something else, and all <laughs> of us are hiding things because we're worried about what it will mean about us
0: mm.
1: and and so being able to share some of that with people is really important and i I do think there's a slight caveat there of like managing your own vulnerability, so you don't have to tell people everything you don't have to share all the things so that everybody trusts you but i think when we find ourselves running around in circles in order to present a way that we've been conditioned to believe is the only way that makes us money we can actually make a much more positive change like like i said in the online world so many people either have a chronic health condition or are neurologically diverse or both often Mm -hmm. both and um to have somebody come along and go you know what i'm these are my boundaries with this because of these situations um like for example so with adhd for example it might be like you know what i'm probably going to forget a few things so this is what i put in place but i just want you to know that sometimes that can happen like that's going to be a, either it's going to be an education for that person or it's going to be a permission giving thing for yeah. them and so we kind of by honoring ourselves we give other people the permission to honor themselves Mm -hmm. and we also teach that brain of ours that we that money is not a reward for perfection Mm. and I think that's a huge thing for people with chronic illnesses is like you said earlier that feeling that they're broken that they're somehow imperfect which is not the case but how can I make money when I'm not when I'm not doing this transaction of money for for, for perfection money for perfection mm-hmm. um because again capitalism is incredibly transactional so yeah it's um it's an I think it's a very very empowering um thing for yourself and for others to be able to do that
0: yeah I totally agree and yeah. Doing it from that place where it's, it's okay. This is the amount I feel comfortable to yeah. show whatever is, yeah. is so important. Um, I have been thinking a lot about kind of inner desire recently. And, mm. and I think it's something that most people we work with have because it's that, mm-hmm. you know, it's that desire to, to, for something else or something, yeah. whatever. um, and money as a part of that or, or, yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna say, oh, maybe not money, but actually yes, money is a part of that, right? Yeah. And and yeah. how can we um allow that to be something we we allow for ourselves and and for that desire and that that bigness or whatever.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the first things is the neutral stuff we talked about earlier. Yeah, like money is actually not it's neutral. It's not <laughs> a bad thing, but it's also on its own, it's not a good thing. It's just a thing. In fact, if you do nothing with it, it will just sit there. It's not actually, it's a funny thing, money, because it's not alive, <laughs> obviously, but it really feels like it is. Because if, and I always say this, if me and you spread a rumour, a successful rumour, that the pound is worthless now, and it takes on, the pound will be worthless. Mm. Like if the markets get a whiff of it, as we saw with good old Liz Trust, if they get a whiff of it, if they lose their confidence, if money does things By itself but at the same time it's an object so i think the first thing is remembering that it's neutral it's not good or bad have wanting it makes you human because it's linked to our survival so there can be particularly in like some of the online like law of abundance type circles Hmm. there can be quite a lot of law of abundance law of attraction circles
0: yeah I knew what you meant but I didn't I didn't even think that you said a different word but yeah
1: um it can be quite like like the need for it is demonized Mm. um I don't know if you've come across that but it can be like you've got to let go of the need for money it's like well do I I live in a capitalist world and that's not my fault it's not your fault it just is and it is I literally do need money so I think if you want More money, maybe that's because there's something like you want to do that involves earning a lot of money. One of the things I'm thinking about a lot, and I'll see if I can explain this because it's quite a new thought, but it came via my coach and then it came up with a client, um, not client, a podcast guest as well the other day on my podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about how the very fact that we need money to survive actually means, especially for people that don't fit into certain moulds, so we are finding themselves, I always think of it as, like, we're like the waifs and strays from, like, more traditional employment where we're, like, we just couldn't make that thing work, so we're all, like, coming into bit, this, like, little kind of world of, like, oh, this is where I think I can find my space and actually be able to make money. But the fact that we need money keeps us on track, even with a chronic health condition, actually, for some for the people that are able to do that, and want to do that is really important to have a desire to do it yeah it means you have to stick at doing your work it means you have to get creative so the fact in a way I'm not saying it's a blessing that society is so fucked up without (laughs) like it's structured for things it's not a blessing but if we allow it to become a challenger in the situation like huh okay this is what is and that's Mm. not okay but it's also what is so how can i get creative with this the fact that we have to earn money keeps us at trying to figure that out and then that means the impact we and i believe we were created to have like health conditions and all Mm -hmm. that we were created to have is more likely to happen because we have to stick at it is that making sense it is a bit of
0: a like tricky thing to explain it really is and it's it's Yeah, just really bringing in that creativity piece and something else you said earlier was um, just in that bit was um, uh, money being neutral and it kind of Mm. triggered something in my brain because a lot of the people that I work with have come through a more holistic um, path with their health, which is very closely linked to spirituality, which is very closely linked to like enlightenment, which is linked to we shouldn't be having money, money shouldn't be a part of that picture. Yes, money becomes dirty. Money becomes dirty. Yeah. And allowing money not to be dirty, allowing money to... Like, seeing money for what it is, Yeah, as you say, it's an object, but also it's, like, a means of survival in this world that yeah. we are all part of. Um, And doing... Making money in a chronic illness-informed way or making money, you know, in a nourishing way, in a creative way, in yeah. a, a fun way, a joyful way, whatever, um, is exciting
1: really exciting and the other thing money is is an energy like it's a it's a kind of very clumsy human attempt to kind of capture that energy of exchange between Mm -hmm. people and so the idea that we become enlightened above like the exchange of two humans honoring what one one and the other does I don't think I mean I'm not massively in that world but I don't think that's that's thing like we want to honor and invest in each other in lots of ways like time attention um feelings like loads of ways but and money is one aspect of that Mm -hmm. like and i think it's the idea that we somehow transcend above it i think what happens i think one of the reasons that kind of comes into play It's because often as people do that sort of spiritual work, they become more and more or less and less. Mm -hmm. They become less and less attached to making a load of meaning about money. Mm -hmm. So actually money becomes much more neutral to them. And then they often find that money comes in and out and flows more easily for them. I don't think it's because they've transcended above money. I think it's because they are able to sit in context and Mm -hmm. see that it is neutral in lots of ways they might not they might not view it that way mm-hmm. and they might people are listening are more into that stuff than me might be like no but I do think like we want people to be nourished and cared for and to be living you know I want to be able to say on a podcast what's one of the best ways that I can so if I'm asked what's one of the best ways that I can really get in touch with my own self-worth I want to be able to say therapy and everyone go cool I can do that yes like that's part of just looking after our fellow humans and I you know I want for everyone to be like oh if I ate those sorts of foods that would help me out great I can afford those Mm -hmm. I have access to that oh I need to rest more that's fine I can charge the amounts that allow that for me like it's it for me that kind of money in that sense is like that's where the plenty full energy comes from So abundance means a large or sufficient amount and plenty, which is the word I use means a large or sufficient amount more than enough. Mm -hmm. So there's overflow to it. And there's like, whereas abundance is like enough. I think a lot of people read abundance more as like, well, there's enough for me, Mm. but is there enough for everybody else as well?
0: And that's Mm. why I
1: like plenty because it's like, you know, come around for dinner. There's more than enough you know there's plenty everyone would like your mum would say of course they can come around there's plenty there's plenty of food and it feels like a similar thing so yes I think I think being able to step into that place where it's neutral and we realise and I think also the the wellness industry there's some trickiness around like it's a very healing space should we be charging for healing there's Um. all sorts of things in that but I think when we look at it more as an energy exchange more as a neutral kind of indicator of that energy exchange hopefully that loosens it up for people because I don't think money is good or bad I don't think it's either thing it's about the person it's basically it's like it's like any, anything it can be a weapon in the wrong hands or yes a tool. and it's that it's just like like a knife or any number of other things
0: yeah i was trying to have this conversation with my mum the other day um because she's you know very got much got that um people with a lot of money you know the yeah. the age-old story of people with a lot of money are a certain way right and i'm like yeah it's not the money that makes them that way yeah. you know they yeah, were like yeah. that anyway yeah exactly <laughs> Thanks <what>? to you <laughs> i say things like that <laughs>
1: But I think that's why it's so important that we do this work, because I want more money in the hands of people. I actually want more money in the hands of people who previously thought wealthy people were assholes. Mm. But don't anymore. Because that tells me they've done the work to, like, uncover this stuff. Um, maybe they'll be... And maybe I, w- I probably do want money in the hands of people who never thought that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with th- thinking it. It's just being like, hang on a minute... I care about how money's used so much so that I'm angry at the way it's being misused. Well, then to me, as long as you do the work to unravel how that happens, mm-hmm. I think you're the perfect person to have the money. Because if you can deal like with some scarcity stuff, that's normally a lot of it. So that you're not getting in a situation of being like, oh, no, now I've got it. I've got to grab onto it, too, because and you've probably heard me say this many, many times billionaires in lots of ways are the ultimate in scarcity because they're hoarding the money Mm -hmm. they don't believe more is coming even though more keeps coming to them just in interest but there's like a (laughs) feeling of like I can't I can't let this go um like I think that those are the people that we want to have the money because they see the needs and they have the feelings and that's what we really do need
0: yeah and and the way that circulates then you know where do we choose to spend our money who do we choose to spend our money with you know and and I just love seeing or you know the feeling of money moving in that circle in those circles yeah you know as well as other circles but like yeah just we can and and when we're showing kind of going back to something we said earlier you know when we're showing that who we are you know not not hiding not hiding the Mm. things that are um that we've do, Would feel comfortable with sharing or could feel comfortable with sharing, mm. but also, you know, the truth like, so I am stepping away or trying to step away. I think I don't really know to be honest, but from social media and mm. um, not all channels, but I then realized that actually I could still be a bit present on some places and use ads instead of my time mm-hmm. and energy yeah. and focus, right? And money has it, money enables me to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I
1: know of a really, um, big named coach who has quite a number of different health issues and Mm -hmm. they don't have a social media presence they just use ads and they're running Mm -hmm. a seven figure business multiple seven figure
0: yeah and to realize that that is um in that way money is so important for our health yeah in this world yep exactly
1: and all the time to return to your like earlier point i think one of your first questions around how we keep ourselves small with that so like if if we are constantly like yeah but I don't my health is not so that I'm allowed to charge certain amounts we never get to being able to run the business that actually honors who we are and cares for who we are because we're constantly keeping ourselves in this loop of not enoughness um, yeah. and it's not always easy it takes work to be able to you know as you know like release yourself to do those things um, but it's incredibly valuable especially for people who've got health stuff going on
0: it really is and I also am thinking you know like in this country we are extremely fortunate to have the NHS yes but in our heads also what that does is is does not allow us to equate health to money yeah yeah because you know it's oh god I could and something I'm talking about a lot recently is you know the idea of getting support in living with chronic illness right that's just yeah. a weird thing to contemplate in yeah. the society we're in you know obviously yeah. I'm trying to work to change that but yeah um you know it's a I shouldn't need support in this and be like what pay for support with this you know yeah. that's I, I you know it probably is different in places where healthcare isn't
1: yeah it it very well might be it very well might be but I think it's like cleaners isn't it people having cleaners like I mean I I would sooner give up I don't know what than my cleaners they're the best (laughs) like I just couldn't without them I couldn't do oh well I could basically my house would just be disgusting which is what it was like before (laughs) they came (laughs) but those are all investments in our businesses as well like the cleaners that we have were the first investment in my business
0: I they love freed that. me up mm. yeah
1: so there's like even those sorts of things and obviously there's like uh, many other ways that someone can be supported but yeah it's a lot of it is what money makes available to us
0: to sum up if we can kind of those steps mm. in in realizing that money you know everything that money is um mm-hmm what it means to call in plenty in our lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the very first step is curiosity.
0: So mm -hmm. like
1: if you're listening to this and you're like, huh, I can't quite touch that. I can't quite like bring any of the later points. But I think it can start off with, what if what if that could be true for me? What if I could show up in my business or in my life differently? What if I could honor those parts of myself? Like what if like and for some people it'll even be like what if I am as worthwhile as other people what if that's not being true like like that even that that like little nugget of like of inquiry and like nosiness I always think of like I'm super nosy so I'm always like "Hmm, what could that look like like what would that be I think that can be the very first step
0: Mm, I love that allowing and allowing yourself to be nosy right Yes, I mean the amount of times I got told I asked too many questions when I was younger, <laughs> oh. and how that's showing up for me in my later life. I'm like, oh no. Oh,
1: so um, I will confess, I do tell this story quite often. But oh, when I was seven, I hid. We had a lodger, and I hid in his room under his bed and watched him propose to his girlfriend. <gasps> wow, <laughs> that's how nosy I am. So I literally snuck out and went, Mum, who's engaged," and um. And she was like, I know, how do you know that? And I was like, I hidden watched. So yes, it's something that I use in my life too now. Like being a coach, there is a like nosiness to it because you're just so curious. Or for me, I'm so curious as to why we're behaving in certain ways and what's making us tick and what's feeding into that. But yeah, that was the beginning of it. Spying on poor Paul as he
0: proposed. <laughs> did she say yes or he
1: yeah yeah, yeah. they're still married Amazing. i think
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool um thanks so much for your time and your wisdom today ray it's been wonderful chatting to you
1: thank you for having me
0: thank and is there any anywhere any place anything that you want to tell people listening about
1: um well you can find me mostly on instagram i'm ray underscore Dodd on there and then i've got a podcast of my own called real you real money um, we've just got lots of episodes now. I feel very proud of my sticking power with that. Um, so you can have a good old, like, listen to all of that. Oh, thanks. Um, so, yeah, those are probably the best things. And then you can find I've got um, a pricing with feeling guide if you're struggling with pricing that takes into account all your emotions. So you can find all of that stuff via my social media and the
0: podcast. What an episode that was. Thanks again so much, Ray, for coming on. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that Ray is a long-time coach of mine. Well, I'm actually in her program and community called Plenty, and it is all kinds of wonderful. If you have resonated with anything we've discussed in today's episode, and or if your relationship with money and making money is something you'd like to explore and work on, I will leave a link to Plenty on my affiliates page in the show notes. Now affiliate links mean that if you sign up I will get a commission at no extra cost to you. Buying via affiliate links is a really great way to support your favourite creators and it's a really untapped resource for, you know, we've been talking about all these traditional ways of making money and and thinking outside of those and it's such a a great resource in terms of that. Anyway, head to the link and have a look because it's Bloody brilliant. Sending lots of love to you. Botox Cosmetic, Ata Botulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call eight seven seven three five one zero three zero zero. 351 300 Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? and What Would Their Support Squad Unleash in You is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.